addressing our people today. I'm not talking to people of color. I'm not talking to fucking minorities, quote unquote, and all this other stuff. I'm talking specifically about this group, okay? And the reason why that is so important to understand is because as you see, you can, again, I speak on facts and I speak on personal um, experience. I don't, I don't do so much with the opinions. I think, I feel, da, da, da. No, I speak on the fact that this is here, this is here, this is here. You can go look it up yourself or something that I've personally, you know, somebody close to me has gone through. So and the reason why this is so important is because when you look into whatever political arena, you will see that a, something that they have used often is to say, oh, well, people of color need and, and minorities, I'm going to get them that and da, da 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 and we need to take care of our minorities and we need the minority vote. That's the, that's our favorite shit. The minority vote, minority vote, minor, whatever. And the reason why this is so dangerous is because it neglects the black people, the group that needs it. It's like almost... It's, it's like almost like black people ha has become a trigger word, a phrase in a sense, right? So when you go on to, like, y'all see it right now. When you say black lives matter, all lives matter, and all this other kind of shit. Anytime, you know, it has to do with us specifically. Not all minorities and not all color, uh, uh, people of color and all this. When we speak on us specifically, people get real tense. They get real, like, they try to um, undermine you know any progress and things like that so like you see y'all have seen a lot of these rioters and, and the more violent protests and all this you you have seen on camera hopefully by now if not go on twitter you know a lot of the the destruction and the damage is done by white people and why this is important to note is because the protest the peaceful protest and right to assembly for black people and black lives um, has been turned into people more concerned with the rioting, fear to leave their house, uh, martial law, like all kinds of shit is going down now um, from something that started from, um, you know, black people. And, and I mean, not like the black people are doing it, but I'm saying like the, the original root cause, right? And why this is important to note is because, like I said, every time you, you, you use that specific terminology, people get very um, tense. They tend to start wanting to already denounce whatever you're saying without fully um, hearing or understanding or even trying to listen to hear and understand. And so even like on here, when I say unfiltered truths for the unfiltered minds, I do mean that in the sense of, you know, not only is it going to be hard for you to uh, understand anything I'm saying when you're, when you're deeply indoctrinated, but furthermore, you know, somebody, my audience is somebody that, has an open not just an open mind but actually listening for understanding instead of listening to respond so a lot of us you know especially in like these nobody really debates anymore it's more so full-blown arguments or things people are very passionate about oftentimes <clears throat> they will you know listen you know for, for their chance to respond 
they're list they're waiting for the rebuttal they don't have they don't give a damn about what you're trying to say they're just trying to hurry up and let you get it out so that they can continue speaking and so yeah why that relates here is because um damn it i lost my train of thought (laughs) no but why this relates here is because um we do delve into these types of of uh, conversations and things like that and so anyways back to the point is that you can see it in the in the political arena where they will try to divert that's basically what i'm trying to say they they, they divert the attention whenever you say black people they divert to something else uh, if it's not black lives matter it's all lives matter it's not a peaceful protest it's a riot it's not um you know black issues it's minority issues it's people of colors this is that is that this shit right now tonight is for black people so let's get to it when we talk about and the reason why i had even mentioned all of that is because i love how specific the ados movement the american descendants of slavery has been and the reason why i love like i love how specific they have said like yo this is what we want (laughs) right and they have detailed it but like broken it down for you in detail this is what we are seeking this is what we're accepting we're not looking for this this like all this extra stuff and you'll see it like i mean even in your basic terms and conditions right they try to buff it up with a bunch of uh lawyer talk and all this kind of shit that you could just really break down into simple sentences but the reason why they do that is to create confusion for who it's for same way that they did with the constitution and why to the to this day <clears throat> people are still talking about the different interpretations of it is because they love to do this thing of i'm going to divert and use all this other terminology that has nothing to do with you and your people or what you're seeking so now that we all have this understanding i do appreciate exactly how specific the ados movement is and the reason why I had brought up nationality to him as Moors, right? When, like when people, when the Moors say, don't call us black, that's a color, call yourself what you are so that you can get your land and be entitled to what you deserve. The reason why we haven't been so far and when people say, oh, we just need to unite, we need to unite, is because we don't know who the fuck we are. And first off, let's get to the point of like, when the Moors say that. So the reason why the Eidos movement can be so specific or or specifically say we are American, okay? American descendants of slaves. And why that is such a, a, a important, um, you know, not disclaimer, but such an important label, let's say, is because if you don't, these, these judges and when you do the petitions and the this and the that and the that, they would try to go make it for everyone or try to dismiss exactly the group that's trying to get what they're asking for. So the reason why we bring up nationality is because simple exercise right now, you can go do this with anybody, like just go walk in a room right now, wherever you're at. I mean, it might be too late in the morning, but whatever. Tomorrow, go walk into a room. It could be three people, five people, is better with like 30 something so people can look around and see the reactions but let's say you could just go walk in a room right i want you to do this little exercise with them basic exercise super easy to do right here when i say the country you say the nationality 
right? Let's go. Korea, Korean. Jamaica, Jamaican. Mexico, Mexican. Australia, Australian. Canada, Canadian. Nigeria, Nigerian. Black. Quiet. Crickets. Nobody knows what the fuck that means. So when I say the words black and why I had to clarify that at the beginning, when I say that, I'm talking about, yes, the general African dysphoria that, that, you know, classifies themselves or other people classify us as that. But it's very important to know that when you are asking for something, especially when it comes to legality, that you are asking for what the fuck you are. Okay, black is a color. So that is why it's so important for Eidos to say we are American descendants of slaves. And that's why the Morris, and I'm not talking about ancient history and all this shit. I'm talking about like the last 5, 10, 15 years maybe of the Morris that you see like um, any of the Elbays and shit like that. Anybody you see, you know what I'm saying? Um, This has been a very crucial key point and with good reason. And it's because when we're talking about legality, they are not going to give you something that you are owed or you're not going to be able to hold land and different things, have ownership, which is your birthright, because you don't belong to a nation. You don't have a nationality. You're talking about I'm a color walking around talking about I'm a color. But everybody else with these quote unquote colors has a country to call home in the sense of their lineage. Right. So when you say white people, they know, Okay, boom, you're it's simple. It's easy. Now, when I went so so the reason why I had even brought that point up to him is because of the reason I I mean, it's clear like that is the reason why we have to be so specific when we're talking about movements such as Eidos talking about American da 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 da. Right. So that points out the way we all got that. So let's continue. When we speak about I had mentioned solidarity, right? This is a word you see going around quite a lot right now. But I had mentioned that, you know, our different brothers and sisters all over the planet right now, especially in Africa, are showing, are standing up in solidarity with us. Now, the reason why this terminology is a little bit triggering, especially on a text message, is because, you know, I'm speaking, when I say that, I am speaking about um, the emotional and, and spiritual solidarity that our brothers and sisters all over this globe are having with us right now. I am not speaking about the financial, um, um, you know, coming together and, and other countries should donate to us and all that. Fuck that shit, okay? Because first off, we'll, we'll get into that. So let me finish the, this first step because I'm, I'm about to go in on that other point. When, when I'm talking about this, the reason why, and I know it sounds so minuscule, you know, it might sound minuscule to a lot of people, especially um, with where this podcast is, is directed, being here in the United States, which is a heavily Christian-influenced um, country. I understand that it might sound minuscule to you when I say that, you know, praising the solidarity of our brothers and sisters. But here are the three reasons why it is important. When I'm talking about, I'm talking about the emotional support. I'm talking about the mental support. If you go on Twitter right now, you will see 
our brothers, you will see people all over the globe standing up right now for us in their countries, outside the US embassy. You will see them the, you know, in front of their capitals, in front of their um, government buildings, out there protesting right now. Why this is important is because this shit is bigger than America. This is no longer about just George Floyd. And it never was just about him. He was the catalyst for sure. And I'm not, and again, I'm, I do, I've done, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing shit in my community. And especially when it comes to talking about this, I have not been silent. This is not any type of disrespect, but I want you guys to understand that on a global scale, this is larger than that moment. And it's larger than America. And so why it is so important to see our brothers and sisters coming across, I mean, coming together all over the globe in support of this movement going on right now is not just the, like I said, like it's going on all over the globe first off, you know, black people all over. I don't give a damn if it's the UK, if it's Africa, if it's fucking China, where Canada, wherever. Black people all over are treated this way. All over are treated this way. So for one, they're standing up for their fucking community right where they are. For two, the emotional uh, uh, rejuvenation that you get when you're out there on the fucking front lines and seeing that people all across this globe have your back, that shit does more for you than a lot of the things that, you know what I'm saying, right here in your own hometown. So let's make that very clear. When you talk about the emotional support of, of seeing, you know, across the globe, like, damn, yo, like they really with us. Whether it is, it, it could be, I mean, it could be a figment of your imagination. It could be... Fa- uh, fabricated whatever but it's not a hyperbole this is this is not something that's just like okay yeah whatever and the reason why i say that is because you can look at psychology which is going to be the the basis the heavy point in this conversation today you can look at psychology where a lot of you know like just the the human collective and this is one of the parts that excuse me that science and spirituality actually come together for once is, is this thing of like the human collective, the human experience. And why I say that is because metaphysically, a lot of us right now are feeling this heaviness, this weight, this just like some hopelessness, anger, sadness, like emotions we can't even fucking describe yet, okay? A lot of us haven't even processed yet. And it's not just because of Oh, I'm on social media all day. I'm on CNN. I'm on Twitter. It's not just because of that. You have to understand, like, yes, your diet is not just what you eat. It's what you read. It's what you watch. It's what you listen to. But you have to understand that what you're feeling right now, it's not just because, oh, uh, I, I keep watching your videos or, oh, I'm just so engulfed on, on uh, social media and CNN and this, that, and the third. It's not. No. A big part of what you're feeling, the heaviness that's in the air, everybody can feel the tension. It's because that's what the collective is going through. 
That is what the, seriously, when you look, okay, then why are group meditations so important? Why do they have these group meditation events where there's healing and, and you know what I'm saying, togetherness for the entire globe and stuff like that? So if you look at it from a metaphysical standpoint, we understand how important energy is. Energy. You can feel this shit right now. You see what I'm saying? It's not just, oh, okay, you know, my brother down on the block or people in South Carolina or, oh, I just keep watching this shit. And No, we're all going through this shit right now. Even if you try to tune it out, it's still a part of your reality right now. So we have to make that very clear for one. When you flip it on the science side, because not everybody's into metaphysics, I understand. Flip it on the science side. There have been multiple studies, multiple studies. You can go look up about the the uh, impact or, or humans sensing other humans and things. You're talking about ESP or different stuff. And I know that, again, that's more metaphysical, but you can see where they've done it in psychology and things like this of individuals really feeling the other individual already knowing um what you know what something was before being there stuff like that okay so we know that we have these sensory um gifts and talents and abilities and then at the end that just as humans you know what i'm saying we feel one another and that, like I said, is one of the few points that science and spirituality come together. But everybody has, you know, I, I feel now this one, I guess, would be an opinion. But I feel that um, the vast majority of you out there have felt that before. You know what I'm saying? Knowing what you're, you're you and your best friend finish each other's sandwiches or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like you, well, you and your partner know how to start thinking and feeling and being. Um, you know what they're kind of getting at before they even say anything. Not like you're a fucking mind reader, but you already know, right? So it goes back to exactly what we're talking about. The third instance, because I said like there were three. So we talked about the fact that it's bigger than America. It's happening all over the globe. The second part is that we can all kind of feel this tension, feel each other. We're all on edge. We've already been on edge because it's a goddamn quarantine. We're already on edge. And then, so this last the emotional standpoint. Or no, I'm sorry. The emotional standpoint is seeing that you have their support and getting that rejuvenation when you're out on the front lines fighting this battle. And then the third is the fact that, we, you know, mentally and emotionally, we can actually, damn, like, look at them coming together for us. Da, 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 da. I gotta go harder. There's something I got to do. Boom, boom, boom. It makes people feel like they have to take action. It's group think psychology. Basic. Basics. You see what I'm saying? But a lot of people don't know about group think psychology. They don't study it. You don't know why the fucking businesses that you support are so goddamn uh, uh, successful. Because you don't study group think psychology. You haven't thought about it. Even today, I read an article, a white man uh, wrote for a Rolling Stone for right here in Nashville. And he was down there and he said his experience straight up was he would go, he was at the protest. He would see like a, some, some little white kid walk up, break a wind, like smash a window, spray paint some shit, um, set fire, boom, boom, boom. The kid would walk away. Then the young black man would start to step up. He would start 
they would, you know, kind of do the same thing and then lose interest. And he said every single time that they, like, basically what happened, like, the white kid would go do it, he would run, right? The black, the black young men would go do it. And then when they lost interest, the same white teenagers would come back and do it again to re-incite the crowd, like, to get that excitement back up, okay? The reason why they have, like, some of you have seen, depending on, I don't know which, um, news whatever you follow but if you've been on twitter or social media or whatever you have seen the these certain um undercover whoever's that are making the shit 10 times worse or you know some of them have been said to be a part of the force and all this kind of stuff they're the ones actually starting fires and doing this and doing that the reason why they are doing that or why you know, the, the whole purpose behind it. It's not just, oh, I'm so overwhelmed with emotion and blah, blah, blah. No, it's, it's the group think psychology that if I go over here and do this, then you're going to go do that. And then all of us, you know what I'm saying? So then like, you can feel the height and the tension and the emotion in the air, which is the same thing, kind of what we were just talking about, but on a different scale. Some people will say, okay, monkey see, monkey do. And a lot of people don't want to admit, yes, we're humans, but we are animals and we have that animalistic trait in us still. If you don't, <laughs> whatever. You can go look this th this stuff up. I'm, I mean, like I said, group think psychology. That's why it's so effective. That's why they're sending out people that have nothing to do with a peaceful protest. They're doing it to incite riots. They're doing it to create an uprising. It's very intentional. Okay, this is something that we have to understand. If you don't, and furthermore, let's say you're like, okay, man, nah, that's da da da. Okay, Edward Bernays. This is a man that most people, I'm talking about 99% of people in America have never heard of. And this is the man that every um, agency from the CIA down to the fucking um, Philip Morrison cigarettes who make Marlboro cigarettes have hired this man. This man wrote an entire book telling you about it, and most people don't even know. And the reason why I bring him up is because he's the one that got women to start smoking cigarettes in the 20s. That was, no, straight up. You could go look the shit up. He, he, so basically what happened when he was like, well, I mean, you could just, you guys aren't making sales. He had, like, he had a, a itch for this. He had a knack for this. He was like, I mean, why don't you just increase your demographic and get the women to smoke too. They were like, what? How are we going to get women to smoke? Mind you, this is the 20s, okay? How are we going to get women to smoke? Da, da, da. So you know what he did? He was like, yo, tie it to the feminist movement. And so there was like this whole campaign of like right at the moment that they showed the American flag or whatever, he had them, because um, you got to think, the 20s, what were women fighting for? The right for vote, to, to vote, the suffrage movement and all that, right? So he had them all light a cigarette, like a torch of freedom at the same time. He then proceeded to write a book in the 30s called Propaganda. Propaganda back then did not have the negative connotation it has now. It was not seen as a bad thing, but it's been so manipulated now that, you know what I'm saying? We know propaganda as propaganda, like how it was used in the world wars and things like this. Why this is important to know groupthink psychology why people do the thing you got to understand why humans are motivated to do the things that they're motivated to do before we can have any other conversation all right so yes people in other countries have 
their own shit going on. People in other, and we, and we were speaking specifically about Africa and we spoke about the Caribbean. Now, let me tell you why this is important. So in Africa, yes, we already know that the shit is mad corrupt. If you don't know, I mean, I don't know what the hell you be paying attention to, but like, yeah, <laughs> even down to the, to they had, I mean, they have whole specials, even on ABC, I was actually quite surprised to see, but like, you know, whole specials about the foreign aid that we send or that America sends is, is you know, it goes straight to the presidents who buy themselves like Bentleys and this and a nice house and da, 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 da. And then the people get like the bare remnants. And from, and even, I mean, I saw it right there. You know what I'm saying? They went ahead and like tore down a business even though people were like in front of the bulldozer trying to protect it, like they'll just randomly go destroy businesses because they don't want the people to come up because they, you know what I'm saying? They live in a lavish lifestyle. What the fuck do they care about you for? Okay, so yes, we understand that there's there's corrupt governments all over this goddamn planet. It's not just Africa. It's not just, it's, it's anywhere. You see what I'm saying? Anywhere. But you have to understand why. Why? You know what I'm saying? It's not enough to say, oh, okay, we're oppressed, da, 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 and keep kicking rocks, all right? We're oppressed because of multiple, because of the powers that be. The powers that be are not going to give up their power because they care about you. The fuck? I mean, come on. No, right? And so so he was talking about, you know what I'm saying, some um, certain tribes and things like that where where they, they have practiced this dark magic. You know what I'm saying? They 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 go towards the darker side. They've practiced this dark magic. They've sacrificed children. I mean, like for real, like real blood rituals and real shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare. Absolutely, they have done it on their own people, meaning black people. They have turned against their own people and done it. Absolutely, and so has every other country. They have turned against their own people. Every single country on this, every different ethnic group has been enslaved at one time or another. The vast majority of ethnic groups have been enslaved at one time or another. What is the difference between them and us? They've come back. We haven't. Why? So let's speak about that. First off, he was saying, okay, and a lot of the Eidos people and even like Tariq Nasheed, I've seen him say this multiple times about the foreign flags and the, and the profile and all this kind of, and again, I'm talking about Twitter. That's my, you know, um, I spent a lot of time on there or whatever. He was talking about, you know, and and so I say I say Tariq Nasheed because he's spoken on it. And then again, like my buddy said today, he was saying that, oh, but see, the thing about it is like the Nigerians, when they come over here, they got money back home. They're wealthy. Um, Caribbean people, same thing, like da, 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 da. So a lot of these American descendants of slaves, this whole movement feel like a lot of people from other countries have wealth and they come here and they don't help out or they don't uh, send the money. Like they have a, a basically a, a refuge to go back home to. He, and his his reference for the Caribbean, because I did specify, I specified, um, I said African, I said uh, Caribbean, and I also said um, tribes of kings. And so that's why we kind of came to it, right? So when I said tribes of kings, he said, I can give a damn about tribes of kings because they have sacrificed children and things like this. Yet you have to understand and realize that the powers that be in this country specifically that control your media and your music, and I'm going to speak on the music because I'm in the industry, they have they do that shit on a fucking daily. And if you don't believe me, you don't believe in Pizzagate? You don't believe in Pizzagate? Do you even know what that is? 
to anybody out there, like I can, I'll send you the documentary. Anybody that doesn't know what that is, you go ahead and, and send me a, a message and I will be, ins- I will ensure to send you a documentary that can really tell you what's going on in the world. Okay. Or what's going on behind the scenes, I should say, from a couple different whistleblowers. So let's not act like, oh, it's just, you know, African tribes sitting around trying to make sure that, you know, whoever is, is constantly suffering. This shit happens all over the globe. But since we are talking about America, I'm going to, uh, you know, zoom in on America. But I did have to touch on this whole um, ideology that a lot of us come from these other countries and we have money and all this kind of shit like that. Let me tell you something. My family is all Caribbean. Okay, my entire fucking family, the family friends I have, I mean, not that I have that my family has and all this stuff. When we go to a reunion, it's like 300 motherfuckers right there. Everybody on the island of Barbados is know each other. Okay, we all, we all. And and again, like so I said, his his girlfriend is was his um, reference point because her family is from Trinidad. So maybe I don't know what his you know what I'm saying if her family got money or what's going on and things like that. So I'm not gonna speak on it. But I'm gonna sit here and tell you that this idea that we have somewhere to go back to is is essentially false to an extent. Okay. Like we don't have a lot of our parents that might have migrated here or been or came over here, or whatever. The places that they had to go back home to are no longer there. The people that own the land and all this type of shit is no longer there. Like like um, papers is getting mixed up and, and families, when people die, they want to sit there and fight. And this is my land, this is my land. They, they just do shady shit. Like getting your, um, it happened to my grandmother, it happened to my uncle too. Both of them on two different sides of the family where somebody would go in at the last minute and suddenly have this will that popped up out of nowhere. Okay. The reason why I want to address this whole thing about the Caribbean people is because the American dollar is worth two times, two times as much when you go over to Barbados and to most of the other islands. When you go over there, the American dollar has the power. That's all over the fucking world, all over the world. It's always the USD and the Euro before all this Brexit stuff and all of that. It was always the USD and the Euro. When I was stationed in Japan, the first two years, I would say maybe the first two years, because you gotta understand that the Japanese yen rate has changes every day. The rate of the yen changes every single day. And so when I first went over there, the, uh, the American dollar was below the Japanese to the point where they had to give us an extra pay in our allowance. I'm talking about the, the cola is what they call it. By the time I left, the American dollar was back on top. So you have to understand, it's not just, we. I'm speaking on Caribbean, but even if you go down to like, you take an American dollar down to Mexico, which is in the same damn continent, the same continent, the American dollar trumps pesos, okay? All over this globe, the American dollar is what they look to. So when there's a crisis, when you see, oh, the Dow Jones went down today, the S&P 500, the whole world is looking at what the fuck the S&P 500 is doing. And if you don't know what the S&P 500 is, go look it up. The S&P 500 is, you know what I'm saying, is the go-to for how our dollar, how our companies are um, performing at whatever given time. 
And so why this is important to note is because I know for facts, just even as a broke college student, that's the biggest thing, right? In America, we would say, oh, you're a broke college student. College students don't have no money, da 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 My cousins or whoever else over there will feel like we're rich. It don't like you you were saying here like yo I'm a broke they they think that anybody that lives in America is rich. Anybody. I don't give a damn. And they've even said this before. They've done studies on this before. That the uh the the richest the poorest man in America is still three times richer than a lot of people in other countries. And I know that we're focused on America today, so I'm not gonna get too deep into the other countries, but we have to stop with this whole Oh, you came from over there. You have wealth and and you have somewhere to go back to type of thing. Because I know firsthand that these look to us. We have to go back. When we go back home, we have to take barrels. Okay. They expect us to bring back barrels home for them. And when I say home, I mean like you're literally a visitor in your own country. We don't have fucking vacation homes sitting out in Barbados and shit like this. Vacation homes in Jamaica and all this. I don't know what the celebrities just do. We're not talking about them. I'm talking about the day-to-day people. And I am talking about not just Barbados. I'm talking about Trinidad. I'm talking about Bahamas. I'm talking about Jamaica. I'm talking about all the different ones. Guyana. So I, again, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? His girlfriend and her family, maybe they got riches. They wealthy. That's cool. Good for them. I am proud. But when we're talking about the vast majority of us, they expect us to bring a barrel back home for them. Or they or they come to Miami and they take the shit back, either for themselves or to sell off, to make money. Because our dollar is that strong. When I'm, and then when I say it's two times as strong, if you, let's say, for instance, you go to KFC, they call it two to one. You go to KFC and they say, oh, it's $10. Like, I want a family, whatever, pack. Okay? Feed, you know what I'm saying, four people, whoever. And they say, okay, that's, that's $20. That's $10. You hand them a five US and you walk off about your business. Okay? So you have to understand that the economy in other places is not the economy that's here. Even if these people are, are quote unquote rich in their other countries, their dollar does not stand up to our dollar, especially when you're talking about inflation. So they can have all these quote unquote riches in their own shit. Even back when I was a, a fucking cashier in high school at Publix, my bagger, the dude that used to bag, he was hired as a bagger here. He was a sur- he was an engineer in India. I've met surgeons, people that were doctors and lawyers in their countries, and they come here and they have to get little bullshit jobs like bagging groceries at a fucking grocery store. Why? Because the same, it does. There's no equivalency. When they come from over there to over here, it doesn't count anymore. Your education that you thought was pristine is not. And and speaking of the Caribbean, I know specific like a, quite a few of them have have done. They call it secondary school, or you know when you talk about university and stuff like this, they've made sure that when you go to university, it can actually um, translate over to other to the other islands or to you know compete with here in America and stuff like that. But you still have to come here and get your own licenses and stuff in this system, okay? So this one, like I said, I've gone a little bit um, longer on the topic of other countries, but I know for facts that not only do they feel like we are richer over here, but when we, if we do go visit family and friends for two weeks, sometimes people might go for maybe a month if they've saved enough 
And the reason why they can live for a month over there is because they can, you see what I'm saying? They can get away and pay for more with the dollars that they make here. So the, the fact, and for those that still are not, I guess, comprehending, or, or it sounds like it's not a big deal. Let me put this into perspective. Rihanna is a pop star that came out maybe 10 or 15 years ago, right? Rihanna's a pop star. Came out maybe 10 or 15 years ago. She bought the first CAT scan for our entire island. Let me explain that to you. CAT scan. She bought the first cancer machine, cancer detecting machine for the entire island of people. A singer. And this is not to like, oh, say Rihanna's just a singer. Like, I know she does other stuff and she's give back. And the reason why I'm trying to put this into perspective for you is you have to understand we had one fucking hospital on the entire island for all those people. One hospital. So if you got shot, you wait in three hours just to get a room. When, when my aunt had bleeding in her brain, she had to wait three days to get assistance three days to get assistance. You understand me? That's what the fuck we had. The country itself got its independence. Like my mother is older than her country as an independent country. I hope you understand. They just now got their independence. The same time that the the quote unquote, the, the uh, civil rights movement was just now starting off here. The same time, that's when the fuck we got our independence from England. That's how long we were colonized. My mother is older than her country. Okay? So, when we put these things into perspective now, of understanding that, no, just because people are coming from a foreign country, that they're not all lavish, lavish, sipping Mai Tais on a fucking beach, that their dollar does not equate. If they can't come here to make a... a, a, If they were to come here with what they had in their savings, they wouldn't get very far. Okay, that's why the most of them go to New York because they say people, anybody can make it in New York. Like you get your start there, you know what I'm saying? You can get a job real quick, you can get housing real quick, you can get a lot of things that you need. You don't need a car, things like this. All right. So we have two hospitals now in Barbados. One is a private one called Queen Elizabeth something something, which still shows you the psychology of the people over there. And he was right when he said that the older generation of 40 to 60 something is like looked down on or, or you know, uh, discredit the black Americans and stuff like that. He's not wrong in that. Absolutely not. I'm not saying that he's wrong about any of these points. I'm just saying that a lot of these things need to be clarified because a lot of these people following this movement of the American descendants of slaves feel like the rest of us have this this solid refuge to go to that the Syrians or whoever came over here because because they can you know they want to have a vacation that the Nigerians are rich and they can go back home whenever they want to I can't speak on the Nigerians but I can speak for the Caribbean because I've seen it firsthand and I have tons and tons and tons of friends friends family whoever you want to speak to you can interview and you will see. I'm not talking about one person's experience. Same thing like with my Hispanic friends. Same thing. 
you know and that's, that's another thing that it goes into what we're talking about now these other countries and why they have been able to break free is because of group economics but further than that it's because of their sense of community it's not just oh my neighborhood my hood my hood all this individualistic bullshit the other countries or the other groups that have overcame slavery they all have a, a community mindset now of course there are outliers we're not talking about the outliers the few individuals that you've spoken to or maybe you know what i'm saying the elders have seen some people that lost their way there's cor- corrupt people in every group there's greedy people in every group i'm talking about the overall way that you think it was written in books there's been studies again studies on this and things like that that here in the western world we have more of an individualistic mindset while people other countries especially like asia that was another one that was brought up a lot they have a community mindset dr claude anderson has spoken on this dr claude anderson is in Amer- here in america so we we we're, we're taking it back from the international shit and we're bringing it back okay <laughs> so here in america he's spoken on this about how we don't have community we have neighborhoods hoods and why this is important is because when he was coming up during the civil rights movement they had their own bus line they had their own community like they were self sufficient everybody loves to focus on black wall street oh, oh why they ain't rebuilding and all this and it's been 99 years as of yesterday or depending on when you listen may may the end of may um it's been 99 years and it still hasn't been rebuilt that shit is embarrassing to me but it's not embarrassing in the sense of i understand why the reason why i say it's embarrassing is because as much as we praise these quote unquote celebrities and to his point my buddy's point where he was saying that if people are are wealth where's the solidarity and the people that are wealthy and not giving back where the fuck is the solidarity from the wealthy black people that are here in america pause the wealthy black people in america are not giving back to their communities as much as they claim that they do or oh, i have a family fund or i do this and i do that like for instance one person was saying um talking about jay-z and shit like that the only thing i've seen jay-z do is sell crack to the community which is breaking up the community right and then get people out of jail get people out of jail that then get signed to rock nation who then go work for him So then he's making the money back anyway. It's not like all oh, here you're out da, da, da. most of the people that he's helped out are are you know fellow celebrities or whoever or people high profile and then they come back and they're signed to Rock Nation. So they were able to to get out. And the reason why this is important to note is because a lot of these our culture specifically tends to look at you know other celebrities or you know celebrities and musicians for guidance. The celebrities and the musicians have the money. So why are they not giving back or why are they not doing this and that you know people say these types of things a lot of times. But you have to understand what agenda they're serving. And this is not anything about anybody specific that I name here. I'm saying that pay attention. So when we talk about a lot of these people and this is not even to hold who I just mentioned, I'm not holding him to his past. What I'm saying is if 
they didn't know how to feed themselves before the fame, right? So if they were selling crack or they were, you know, dealing with weapons and doing this and doing that and getting in and out of jail, in and out of this system, that system, this and that, if they were doing all of that before the fame, right? And the fame comes along and these people say, hey, you know, we'll take care of you. This is the movement. This is the this, this is the that. Like, of course, they're not going to fucking go bite the hand that feeds them, so to speak proverbially speaking like i'm not gonna go bite the hand that feeds me i'm not gonna go mess up my standing with the elite to help you out why would i do that you know understand like it's not it's not a defending one side or the other like remaining neutral think about that if you couldn't feed yourself beforehand your family or whoever and somebody came along and gave you not just the money but also fame and, and gave you a comfortable lifestyle why the hell would you go mess that up now by going against whatever is supposed to be pushed right now or going against the grain? And for everybody to say, oh, not everybody's like that. And not. Notice it now. A lot of people and a lot of people now are upset on the timeline talking about, oh, well, such and such celebrity hasn't spoken out yet. Why isn't anybody saying anything? Like, not anybody. They're saying like, man, a lot of these people being exposed. Like, I can't believe... Uh, more people are focused on the property or these people not saying anything about the killing and why are they not focused on George Floyd? Why are they not helping our communities? Why are they... That's why, my G. It's, it's not... It's, I mean, you can put the pieces together yourself if you really care to do so. Okay? It's, it's not every time a black man, something happens to one of us uh, or one of our sisters that these same wealthy people in America that should be helping you are gonna suddenly come up and speak out. And no, there's times for everything. There's a time and a place for everything. They can't just go against, um, the only people that have gone against the grain, you have to understand are either people that had money beforehand because to be a musician or whatever type of field you're trying to get into, you do have to have capital. Um, yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Like, so music, I'm gonna speak on music, right? You have to have capital <laughs> to market yourself to do a lot of different things first. You have to have the money up front, right? It's it's exp People like to say, oh, you're an overnight success. That overnight success, quote unquote, took five to 10 to 15 years to develop the craft and then another five to like fund it and actually get you into the public eye. The reason why this is important to note is because unless you had the unless they had the money beforehand or have used their opportunity now to build something um, afterwards, right? Like like they've they've already started to think about okay, what happens after retirement? What happens after this and then that, that? Unless they have established a new way to feed themselves, they're not going they're not going to go mess up what they have. You know what I'm saying? And if they are the one of the few that don't want to join they will be killed. No, this is, this is no, oh, maybe, perhaps, this is a hyperbole, you're exaggerating, this is, this is shit that it's happening right in front of your eyes, bro. So it's either you go with them, you, what is the, the phrase, the favorite cliche that people say? If you can't beat them, join them. So if you can't beat them, because they're the ones in power, then you join them. And if you refuse to join them, what happens? We've seen it happen. So this is not about, and some people say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. It's funny how conspiracy 
theories, as they're called, are labeled as such until the fucking conspiracy comes true. Then all of a sudden, the, the theorist is an expert and a scholar. Every five to 10 years, these quote unquote conspiracies come true. And then people are like, oh shit, oh shit. Oh man, they, they look at the systems. They told the future. Da, da, da. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on from that subject. The point that the reason why I even bring all that up is because it's not about looking to these individuals that have an agenda to fulfill, to uh, step up for the black community. It is up to our people to do it ourselves. And so the overall thing that we need is first off, you're talking about disbanding 400 years, 400 to 3,000 years of psychology, right? Blocking people in, keeping people broke. It's not, oh, a lack of jobs, oh, oh, so-and-so. It's not about all of this type of shit. It can be to an extent, and I'll get into that. But the primary thing is the psychology. If I feel like I can't make money, how the fuck am I going to go make money? If I feel like I'm not worth shit, how the fuck am I going to go make something of my life? If I feel like dreams are not worth uh, aiming for, you know what I'm saying? We just need to get food on the table. Why would I go strive for more? If I feel like, I mean, there's a, there's an abundance, there's a multitude of things you can look at. Going back to group think, sure. But aside from the group think, we can focus in on the census that America, America does a census every four years. The census is what determines who gets the resources and who doesn't. Okay, a lot of these neighborhoods are underprivileged or underfunded or whatever. I mean, there's a multitude of reasons, but let's say, okay, it's because of the census, which is how they determine who gets what. First off, you have to understand that on the census, these quote unquote, and why I said in the beginning of this podcast that I'm not talking to these people of color, uh, quote unquote, or whatever, is because they have taken the Hispanics and called them white on the census back in the 80s then they then they then they took it away and said okay never mind then they said okay wait 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 come back hispanics are white they've labeled the asians as white they've labeled the um arabs the the middle eastern people as white they've labeled everybody except for the blacks as white they call us colored or or negro right that's that's why they changed it from negro to colored in the uh, 80s the reason why they changed the shit multiple times and now that now all of a sudden they have this whole african-american whatever whatever but the reason why the the name has changed is because what is serving them you see what i'm saying if i call you all colored well a hispanic is colored a middle eastern guy is colored right but when it comes to allocating the resources determining what neighborhoods or societies or communities need the actual stuff we're gonna say, oh wait, no, these people are white. Even if to us in the general collective, they're not. Like most people do not call Asian people white, but depending on whatever the political play or the agenda play is at the time is when they will change it. And this is not me just talking. You can go back and look at how many times the census has changed it. And you can look at what groups right now today 
are counted as white, even if they're not. And why this is important is because when it comes to our people, first off, if you're talking about the census determines the resources, many of us are not going to take a fucking census. Let me just be very clear. Like many of us, and this goes back to the psychology, a lot of us are not going to go take no damn census. I don't trust that shit. I'm not going to let you come in here and give me a vaccine. I don't trust that shit. I'm not going to like, you know what I'm saying? There's so many different um, avenues and aspects. Like again, with the ancestry thing, right? Knowing where you come from, nationality and all this. What what can you stand up for? Who's your community? Are you a descendant of a slave? What constitutes you as a as a Eidos? Are you an American descendant of a slave? How do you know that you are? How? You know, not everybody has a, a ancestry. Um, first off, taught in their family where, like, in some families it's very important or you have elders or you have your father or whoever was there to kind of lead you and say, hey, this is where we come from. This is our family history. Not everybody has that. And the vast majority, if we're talking about Black Americans, we don't have that, bro. And the reason why I say that is because, like, even when I met my biological family last year during Thanksgiving and, and a few months before that, I met my brother in September. So I, September, I met my brother. In November, I met my, my biological mother. They're all American. They've been here. But we came from, according to the little swab test, you, you could say, okay, we came from Europe straight here. The American side came from Europe straight here. And they were the original settlers in Pennsylvania or this place or that place or this place. Like the first um, black communities here in the Northeastern United States. That's where we come from. Does that make me a descendant of a slave? If you wanna talk about you know, other people, that are afraid to take an ancestry test for good reason. We don't trust that shit. I understand it, okay? Even if it's an African ancestry, because we've seen afterwards, after the different things, um, just how many uh, of our information was sold off to different companies and things like this, it makes sense. So going back to psychology, people are afraid. Going back to epigenetics, where you can literally see and this happens in humans, but I'm gonna use this example real quick. If you have a pit bull mother that was involved in a dog fighting ring, or that was abused by her owner, when she gives birth to her child, to her, to her puppy, puppies, okay? They're going to have that gene inside of them of fear. This is, you can go look this shit up. I am not making, this is not just, oh, somebody told me this. This is research backed, evidence based that when a pit bull has puppies and she was abused or in a dog fighting ring or anything like that, that that trait is handed down to her lineage. And her kids will then pass that on down to their kids and so on and so forth. The same thing happens with us as human beings. The trauma is in your DNA. But the problem is because like I said earlier, this is an American, this is a Christian based country. They do not know about healing the ancestral lineage. They do not talk about, you know what I'm saying, going back and breaking generational curses. They don't talk about healing the trauma and the pain that runs through your bloodline. Many of many of us Black Americans do not know what the fuck that means. Even me, like I said, I was raised 28 years of my life before I met my family by Caribbeans people that come from there. We don't talk about this shit. I didn't learn this from them. 
I didn't learn it from my American side either. I didn't learn I didn't learn this from my family, from friends. Okay? This is shit that I that was brought to me or that I sought out myself. So when you talk about this is one person right now talking to you. Right? Multiply that. If I go ask a majority of my friends right now, they don't know shit about no ancestral healing. And that's cool if you do. That's wonderful if you do. And if you have never heard that until this moment right now, this podcast, then I'm glad you learned something. That's something you can go look into. And I'm sure that your ancestors will start coming through for you. Make sure that you work with the, the ones with the positive traits or the more positive energy. Not people that, you know what I'm saying? You don't know what kind of negative entities your ancestors were into. Just make it very clear your intentions. Now, we can go do a whole nother thing on that. We're not specifically talking about that. But the reason why it's important is because what constitutes you or qualifies you as an American descendant of a slave? How do you know? Right? Is it some somebody was like, oh, if you're here before 1965, if your family was here, my family was here before then. But I just told you we didn't come from that. So how many, but that's because I chose to do a, a lineage, an ancestry test. How many people have not done one? How many people will not do one? You see what I'm saying? So it's not just, we can just assume that everybody has this information. We can just assume that everybody <clears throat> is well-versed <clears throat> in their DNA or their lineage or their ancestors and these types of things. So again, let's take the spiritual side out of it, right? Typically, I wouldn't do that, but <laughs> let's take the spiritual side out of it for now because everybody has varying views and these types of things. Let's look at just day-to-day life, right? People love speaking about, oh, what they did back then, what they did. Oh, man, like people love quoting Martin Luther King Jr., they love quoting Malcolm X. They love quoting Marcus Garvey and these types of things. But what the fuck are we doing now? What have you done for your people today? Yesterday afternoon, what did you do for the betterment of your people? Tomorrow, what are you doing? This is the thing, These are the things that we have to focus on. So this is the problem when you have all these people coming around talking about, oh, uh, we just need to pool our resources. Oh, if we could just unite, if we could just, if we could just, we need, we need, like all these little fucking cliches, these people don't have a clear direction. And that is the issue. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, well, if if I just, um, we just, we just need to do this and we just need to come together. And if we come together, then like, but when, but then when you go ask these same people, because I have, and this was, and this is why, like I said, why I started this podcast, oh, this was the issue way before um, this unfortunate uh, George Floyd incident. People kept saying these things. And I said, okay, so what does that look like? What does that mean? What is your six month, one year, three year plan? And they never, they were like, oh, 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 I, I, um, uh, we should, exactly. Nobody fucking knew. And so I'm strong enough, I'm a strong enough man to know you know what I'm saying? Like, I have the fire and I have the passion, but I know when to outsource. A strong individual knows when to outsource. You see what I'm saying? Like, your weaknesses are your strength if you know what to do with them. 
I know I'm not an organizer. So I'm seeking people and asking them, what should we be doing? We need a clear direction. It's not about your belief system. It's about what you do with it. So if we have this belief system of, oh, well, I'm Eidos. Oh, well, I'm Hotep. Oh, well, I'm this. Oh, well, I'm a Moor. Well, I'm Pan-African. Da, 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 da. It's always this other shit. The one, the one uh, uh, group or, or thing that I've seen, which has been the Pan-African Alliance, because I've speaking with Assad Malik himself, the starter of it, the one thing that he said, and he said it to me on the call, he said, look, you can have whatever belief system you want. You can be Nation of Islam. You can be whoever you want. But at the end of the day, what are we all working towards? At the end of the day, what is, is it that we're aiming for? And you've seen people start to pop up and say, look, after these protests, what the fuck is the plan? Okay? Like, we, I've said myself, we have their attention. What is the move? What is the plan? So people say, okay, so Eidos, they say, well, reparations, reparations, that's the plan. So what does reparations look like? What the fuck does that mean? You want to say reparations? Does that mean I get an extra $300 a month in my paycheck? Is, is that is that is is that what's supposed to is that supposed to like do something for my ancestors or for me? You just gonna what? Give me a little bit of money extra month each month, and that's supposed to like do something for my ancestors? Again, we're talking about people that don't know about ancestral healing. This is why I just spoke about it so in depth right now. We're we're talking about people that don't have, you know, a father. That, that's in touch with the metaphysical side or with shamanism or the Eastern philosophies. We're talking about people that do not have a connection to African spirituality, the vast majority, okay? We're talking about, we're talking about, if you're talking about the black America, like inner city America, people in Atlanta, things like this, the vast majority do not have that type of thinking. Even when I met my brother for the first time, he was like, when I started, I said something about energy, you know what I'm saying? Which attracts shit we were talking about earlier in the podcast. He's like, yo, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? He was like, yo, it's crazy. Like when you say stuff like that, like that's new for me. I don't know what you're talking about. And he's older than me. The reason why I bring this up is not like, oh, I know so much. No, I'm just saying like, that is not the focal point or the priority for the vast majority of black Americans. So why this is important going back to what, you know, the Eidos movement and stuff like this. And we're talking about the reparations. $300 a month. I'm just giving that as a, as a little number or whatever, as a basis point. That's not, what the fuck is that supposed to do for my ancestors? How is that healing me or the people around me? How is that breaking generational curses? What the, what is this little bit of money supposed to do? Oh, oh, 40 acres and a mule. Okay, so a mule, you do know that's a hybrid animal that's not worth shit, right? Out of out of all of the, quote unquote, you know what I'm saying? Like the labor type of horses and things that they could have given you. They didn't give you a horse. They didn't give you an award-winning horse. They didn't give you a donkey. Okay, they gave you a mule. That's the runt. That is the runt. It is a mixed animal. All right? So first off, they're giving you the lowest of the line, which is fine. Okay, fine. I was still, it's still a mule. I'll take it. They give you 40 acres. Do you know how to farm 40 acres of land? 
do your friends in your classroom right now or at your job or wherever you're at listening to this? Does your family know how to manage and farm 40 acres of land? Do you know how to survive without the white man? Do you know how to eat day in and day out without Walmart in your community, without a Walgreens or a CVS in your community? Any of these, any of these white owned grocery stores, corporations, whatever. Because these grocery stores and these and these different whatever, whatever's, they're all white owned. Where's the black grocery store? I know in Atlanta, I lived there for two years. I didn't I, I did chose not to have a car because I was living in the inner city. It doesn't really make sense to have a car, right? Take public transportation, da da da. There wasn't no fucking black grocery store. There was one. There was one called Sweet Auburn's Market or something like that down the street. But it wasn't convenient to get to for a lot of the college students or for whoever was living around that or working around there at the time. We all used to go to CVS, Target, Amazon, get the shit delivered, whatever, whatever, whatever. Nobody was going down to the fucking Sweet Auburn Market. Sweet Auburn used to be one of these quote unquote black Wall Streets that people like to idealize so much. So we used to, the reason why I bring this up is like, do you know how hard it is to transport a bunch of fucking groceries on public transportation, which is what the majority of our people take is public transportation. The majority of our people don't have cars. Let's say that they do have cars, but like, if you're talking about 40 acres, that shit's not 40 acres in the inner city. <laughs> you getting your shit out in the country or wherever they, they decide to give it to you at. So do you know how to survive? without that shit? Do you know how to, like, when's the last time you fasted? You know what I'm saying? When's the last time that, that like, a lot of our people don't drink water? We want to talk about, this is another point that he brought up, was about how, um, you know, the disproportionate percentages of our people that were affected by COVID-19. But you have to understand, it's not just because, oh, we were on the front lines and and we're the ones that uh, we have the labor jobs. Like we're the ones that are giving the people their orders when they come to restaurants or we're the ones at the grocery store and things like that. This is true. But if you go back and read what they were actually saying about it, they were saying it was because a lot of the black community had predisposed conditions. Now, I know both on my American side and on the Caribbean side, the people that raised me, things like this. So in my direct blood and with my family, you can look at it on, on and most of us, we have this running through our families as well. There's uh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, you know, pain pill addiction, uh, fucking alcoholism, obesity, fibromyalgia, all these different sickle cell, all these different little things. So then what happens when you add in a virus to the system, to a to a to a group of people again, we have to understand that this is a primarily Christian dominated country, meaning that the philosophies, the eastern philosophies of, you know, what's going on mentally will manifest itself physically. A lot of people do not understand that. They they're not looking towards that. So they don't understand that like why, like, for instance, like, when people have cancer, they tell them to meditate and to pray and to, like, keep positive vibes. The reason why, if you're walking around ain't angry 
and and spewing hate and all this different kind of shit constantly. Cancer can only survive in pH acidic blood. pH acidic blood, okay? So when you're talking about acidic blood, what causes acidic blood? This, this, uh, sorry, this something popped up just now. Acidic blood is caused by this processed ass fucking bullshit food that we feed, us and our children. You take them to McDonald's, oh, cause it's cheap. Our people feel like, oh, well, eating healthy costs too much. But I can go to the dollar menu and get this, 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 and that. I've watched multiple documentaries on it. I've met multiple people on it. Like, that is the mindset, especially for college students, too. It's like, well, I'm just going to grab something quick. Oh, this shit is cheap. This is all I can afford. So we eat shit like ramen. We eat shit like McDonald's. We eat shit like anything that you find on a fucking Walmart shelf. If you go to Walmart right now, you will see nothing but processed ass foods. Things full of soy or different things like this. And I'm not talking about the natural soy. I'm talking about the shit that actually destroys your system. All these predisposed conditions that made us more susceptible to the virus. Do you like until you get the masses to understand that, then they're gonna keep getting sick. So it's not so much, oh, we didn't have the economic power to stop that. This goes back to the psychology. The only movement I have seen that talks about all of these different aspects is the Pan-African Alliance. I'm not talking about the whole Pan-African movement and Dr. Umar and this person and that person. I'm talking about the Pan-African Alliance specifically, which is based in Atlanta, Georgia. The owner has since uh, moved out, but you can start different chapters and different things. You can go look it up. Pan-African Alliance. They speak about the ancestry. They speak about the importance of fasting. They speak about the importance of the, you know what I'm saying? Like I said earlier, the diet is not just what you eat, it's what you take in and different things like that in all, in all forms and all facets. The reason why I bring them up again, it's not about the belief system. It's about what you do with it. So let's say that th this government that's been keeping you down for 400 plus years suddenly decides they have a change of heart, which they won't. But let's say that they do, Okay. What are you going to do once you get it? What are you going to do once they do pay the reparations? Let's say that they are going to do it, right? What are you going to what are you going to pay then? Or what are you going to do with it? And the reason why we bring this up, you know, I know personally, I've spent I've spent more than most people make in a year in a couple of months, 4 months. You see what I'm saying? And the reason why I bring that up is because like when an NBA player when he starts out, all the rookies have to have their indoctrination to teach them about financial literacy. Who the fuck is teaching financial literacy in our communities? Roth IRAs, mutual funds, ETFs, making sure that you save 10% of your fucking paycheck. Most of our pe people, they live paycheck to paycheck, even when they give them a tax refund, even when they give them a COVID-19 refund, the first thing they do, they're still living paycheck to paycheck. How many people invested that shit? How many people know how to invest that shit? How many people know what the fuck Forex is? How many people know what the stock market is? How many people know what options are? So when we're talking about all these other things, this shit goes deeper than just waiting around for the government to give us some fucking money or, or pay back for, for everything that we've done. Nobody's saying like, oh, okay, it, it wouldn't help. It could help. But I'm talking about how my brother is going to eat three months from now. I'm talking about three weeks from now. You think a law changes that quickly? 
You're telling me that if like if you go look at the process of what it is to make a bill into a law, what was it back in the day? They used to have a um, schoolhouse rock. I'm I'm a bill. I'm just a bill. That little fucking song where he was walking up on Capitol Hill. Yeah, that shit was teaching you. <laughs> you can go back on YouTube right now and look up. I'm just a bill. Whatever the hell it's called, schoolhouse rock. I know from personal experience that the government moves slow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Multiple people know that. So so it's great to want these things and to, to plan for this future utopia and like, oh, and fantasize about it. But how are our people eating three weeks from now? You see what I'm saying? So, so this is the importance of ownership. Even with these um, um, COVID uh, refund checks, right? Even with that, like I said, how many people are actually, you know, investing? How many people did it give a, a foot up on? But the, the important part of why I brought that back up is like, you know, there was, there was this great post about how it all goes back to the owners. It all goes back to the owners. Think about it. The people that were behind on their bills, what did they go do? They either paid the landlord or whoever owned the property. So whether that was their apartment, that was the bank, their house, you know what I'm saying? Their house, the bank owns that until they pay back their shit. And even then, just because you're ho- you have a house doesn't mean you own the land. You know how many people lost their houses because of property tax? Not because of the mortgage. They paid the mortgage. They lost their house because of property tax. So is this land that they're giving us this 40 acres, is it still taxed? Am I still having to rely on the same system? that's supposed to be helping me get free, right? So the reason why, like I said, back to the post, the dude was like, yo, everything goes back to the owners. The people that own the property, the people that own Amazon, the people that are, that own fractions of it. So the investors got paid. The investors got paid. The owner of whatever damn store that you go and patronize, where do you get your clothes from? Where do you buy your meals from? Is your money in a Black-owned bank? What about your family, your friends? How many of them have their money in a Black-owned bank, which is required by law to give back to the community because they are structured differently? One of the biggest Black-owned banks is right there in Atlanta. It's one of the two biggest ones is in Atlanta, and most people don't even know. And most people will continue to go with Bank of America, Chase, SunTrust, this and that. Most people... The reason why um, Grady Memorial Hospital is constantly struggling and they have the same wait times that I spoke about earlier, like in Barbados with their one, at least with Grady, I mean, you have other options. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? You don't have to go there. You don't have to stay there. You're not isolated on an island, but let's get back to America, right? Grady Memorial Hospital. I've been in Atlanta long enough to know that they, they've been, over the years, they've constantly been on WSB TV, Channel 2 Action News, begging for money, begging for funds, almost having to close down, literally threatening to close, like not threatening, but like literally having to close down because they didn't have enough money to, to support the infrastructure any longer because they take people without insurance, because they take people that come from needy families or families that don't have a lot. They serve our community, but how many of our people make it out or, 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 you know, T.I. and them love to come around talking about advocacy. How many of them have gone back and donated to Grady the same way that all the alumni um, that uh, donate to Emory Hospital? 
The reason why Emory is so high up is because most black people, and we've spoken about this, or you know what I'm saying, multiple people have spoken about this, is that the alumni go back, it's also a university, right? So the alumni go back and donate to their school. But uh, many of our community don't go to black schools. They, they, because, oh, because my parents don't feel like the education's as enough. Oh, it's not competitive with Harvard. Oh, it's not this, oh, it's not that. The vast majority of, of black people do not go to a black school. So they do not give their money back to one. And they don't have the same uh, budget to go out there and recruit the, the 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 best of the best or the top or the whatever 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 so when we look at that okay we we do have a hospital that we can maybe build up and the reason why i keep focusing in on atlanta because it has the most potential to be a modern day black wall street that can't be burned down overnight because you know what i'm saying obviously with the culture of social media and and cameras and just more watchfulness and things like this not to say like back then they weren't watchful i'm just saying like it would be very hard pressed to to burn down a fucking whole community um overnight now in this day and age so you know atlanta already has the barbershops it already had black owned barbershops it already has the um the nightlife, the black-owned nightlife. Then again, we can talk about Auburn Ave and Edgewood. Let's focus on there. You got Stoney's Barbershop. You got the Swag Shop by um, Killer Mike. You have the the girl from, um, one of the girls from Real Housewives of Atlanta, I think Candy or whoever her name is. Like she, she built her own thing right there. So we have the Entertainment Avenue. We have the barbershops. We still need our own uh, post office. We still need our own grocery store, which I think that they were building one when I was leaving. Like there was a new startup for one we still need um you know what i'm saying the lawyers and the doctors and the this and the that and they will all return when we have the other stuff there for them right and so that's why i was focusing in on the hospital because the grady is already there like you could rebuild that one you know what i'm saying um and these are just some some basic fundamental things when we look at instead of idealizing or fan or saying, hey, look at how great Black Wall Street was in the 20s. Like, if you break it down, what did they have? What can we all pitch in and get now? And back to what I was saying, the Pan-African Alliance is the only one I've seen discuss this. He just discussed this like two days ago, I believe on Twitter, or two or three days ago, where he said, where he talks about implementing these different ideologies of, of African cultures, such as Susu and like, getting you know group investment investment groups going four different ways matter of fact so he spoke about it and i've seen this you know as, a, as on the rise and as a pop-up lately with a lot of people doing investment groups why because to buy a mutual fund typically unless you're using robin hood or one of these but these are the low ball ones these are the low end ones these are not the you know super wealthy whatever whatever Typically, to buy a mutual fund, you have to have $250,000 because you have to be a vested investor. You have to be a, um, accredited investor. And most of our community is not making $250 a year. I mean, $250 extra to go invest, matter of fact. Okay? So, or net worth, assets versus liability. And so what you can do is you and a couple of your buddies get together. You, you all form a whole group. You get a whole thing going so that you can actually sit up here and, you know, you're stronger as a group. 
not just stronger, but like in the eyes, it's kind of like having a co-signer essentially. When you look at, oh, okay, damn, I want to go buy a house. I don't have the money. I don't have the income or I don't have the credit score. You get a co-signer. Then the bank is like, okay, damn, maybe I'll consider you now because you have the second person backing you up. It's the same thing, except we're talking about economics and we're talking about investment. So when we talk about like real estate, it's not enough. And again, we were talking about individualistic uh, mindset here in this country. It's not enough to say, oh, well, you know what? I made X amount of money now. I made a hundred thousand this year. So I'm about to go, shit, I'm about to go to Miami, get me a condo and chill, bro. And I'm gonna get my mom's, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna kick her back a little bit of money. Hopefully she can get on. It's not about that. It's about the actual community. And that's why he kept saying, Dr. Uh, Claude Anderson was talking about neighborhoods first community because nowadays it's not like we looking out for each other. It's like, well, shit, I got mine, you get yours. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I got me, you know what I'm saying? Me and my family good. What the fuck you doing? That's how that's how a lot of people see things now. And again, with the people that look to the culture, you know, I'm not gonna go too, like we could have a whole nother conversation about about the music industry and all this other shit. But our people do tend to praise um, they're celebrities for a lot of things. Not the politicians. A lot of people, if you ask most, of, go ask five of your black friends or just people on the street who who their governor, their senator, their uh, House of Representatives representatives are. If you go ask any of them that, most of them won't know. But you go ask them who the fuck, uh, Playboy Cardi and Cardi B and, and the Migos and these people and that people and these they know all about that shit. They know about them. They know about their life, how many kids they got, how many times they've been cheated on, who the fuck they done did songs with. They don't they know the lyrics. They know everything. They know everything having to do with the people in the entertainment industry. So don't even try to pretend that our people don't look to um um the the, the quote unquote wealthy in our community. But the wealthy in our community is usually not the the person with the most real estate and this that and the third is usually the person that's in the entertain entertainment industry which openly puts out symbolism like in plain sight that a lot of people don't know to look out for so when you talk about the spiritual warfare that we were speaking on earlier right it goes back to that but let's focus on the economics we need the group economics right getting together banding together um being able to actually buy back the block, buy up these properties, instead of running away from the hood or whatever, or running away from, from where you live now and all these things. I mean, shit, you can if you want, but are you giving back to go build it up? See, everybody wants to complain about gentrification, but how many of our people are out here buying up the shit? You can't get mad that another man, like here in this capitalistic society, I'm not talking about any other kind of society, I'm talking about the current economic structure that we have right now. How you gonna get mad at them coming over and buying up the shit when, again, a lot of them have that community mindset. When they take their money, they take their money back to their fucking, not just the country, but they bring it back to wherever they're at in this country. The community mindset, they see it as a communal thing. Like, we all come together. We all eat together. We all break bread. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying everybody's everybody's friend, but they spend with their people. Our people have to go to, oh, well, the Koreans got the nail shop, the Chinese got the hair, the um, the, the uh, Middle Eastern 
have the gas stations. The white man has the grocery. Like the reason why we can't come back up from when you're talking about old slavery and this, that, and the third is it's so much more to just do with, oh, okay, give us some reparations. It ain't about what you cop, it's what you keep, right? So if you're talking about this, that means that they gave me this money, but can I hold on to this money? And the money that they gave me, the same, it basically on a grand scale, it's like if you take, if you're talking about on a macro scale, come back down to the micro scale and look at what happened with these um, COVID refund checks. It's not, I'm not even talking about the people that went spending on Jordans. Just look at it when I just said just now about how the owners get it all back. The owner of the property, the landlord, the owner of this, the owner of that, the owner of that company, the investors are who gets it back. How many of our people are owning things and investing in things? So even so on a grander scale, if they were to give back the reparations, how many, who is that money going back to? Because we don't have, most people don't have a black mate that they invest in, first off. And even when Killer Mike went and did that, um, when I did, when I read the follow-up story on when Killer Mike did that um, hashtag and it was like cool and trendy to go, you know, invest in a black bank, a lot of them lost money. They lost profit off of that because they had a bunch of new banks and nobody sustained it. Nobody kept their money there. Did they feel it wasn't good enough? I don't know. I know that there's a higher rate and percentage of you getting approved for a house through a black bank, vice a, a, another one. Same way that if you go to a credit union, it's much similar. People know to go to credit unions for loans instead of banks, most people. A lot of people don't know that. But when you look at it, it's like, yeah, the banks, if the banks see you pull up in a BMW, this is actually from one of the heads of the banks that used to work there. He did a, a article and he spoke about how, and he was a black man, he spoke on it, but he was like, you know, if, if they, the bank, if they see you pull up in a BMW, you're less like, or they see that it's on your credit, you're less likely to get the house as a black person because they know that if anything happens, you're gonna uh, put your money towards that Beamer and saving that Beamer before you save your house, right? And so they already see you as a credit risk simply for the color of your skin. So that would be like, well, damn, fuck them. I wanna go deal with my own people. But first off, there's very few black banks and the ones that are in the communities that are prominent, a lot of people don't know about them. Okay, same thing. And I don't want to keep rambling about the same points, but I'm trying to ensure that you all understand the, the importance of why we emphasize ownership. The same way that our motherfuckers are getting killed down in the streets by, by a police force that was designed for to keep slaves in line. The same way, like the Native Americans right here, you can't go on their land and do shit. You know what I'm saying? You don't have that jurisdiction. The same way that, that the Jews in New York came out during COVID and was like, yo, this is our community. We do the fuck we want. There was a funeral and it was like 300 people in the street and people were outraged or whatever. And they also own the entertainment industry. They own the media. The same way that there's a Chinatown in every motherfucking state in this goddamn country. And if there's not one, there's 16 Chinese restaurants. And everybody knows when there's a Chinese New Year, it's literally on the counter calendar. The same way that y'all celebrate Cinco de Mayo that has nothing to do with Mexican independence. 
but it's just cool to have Taco Tuesday and to celebrate with margaritas on uh, um, Cinco de Mayo. But the same way that if you go to Mexico right now, you have no jurisdiction, is because they have ownership, they have land. We don't have that. So the focus needs to get away from, oh, well, we stand for this and we stand for that and this movement stands for this and this movement. That's cool. Your beliefs are cool. But like, what are you doing with them though? I'm personally, I'm not gonna wait around for a government that has been uh, oppressing us, for a whole system that has been suppressing us for for dec- not just decades, for centuries. Some of you are not even 25 years old yet. You're not even a quarter of a century old yet. And you talking about four times your life times four and you waiting on that to come back to you. The fuck? How are you helping your brother eat three weeks from now? And it's not just your blood brother. I'm talking about your brother, your whole fucking community, G. What are you doing? You. So this is what I'm talking about. You get your wealth and like, okay, shit, I'm good. Nah, it needs to be, oh, I got my wealth. Boom, let me go buy this building. Okay, boom, like, let me go. This, You know what I'm saying? The same shit that, that, that got certain um, individuals killed for preaching back. When you talk about these types of things, why do these people magically show up, um, you know what I'm saying, deceased? Every single last one of my heroes has died before the age of 40. So I don't expect it to make it that far. Let me tell you that right now, make it real fucking clear. All right, I'm not, I'm not betting on getting past 40 and I'm damn sure I'm done with life at 70. I don't give a fuck by any means, however it has to happen, okay? This is not no, oh, I'm gonna be here for 120 years, I'm immortal and all this fucking bullshit you people like to fantasize about. This is this is like right now, what are we doing right now? Not what they did in, in 1965. Not what you hope to happen 20, 30 years from now, 12 years from now, next week. And so the importance is teaching financial literacy in our communities so that people understand not just how to make money, but how to keep the money and how to keep the black dollar circulating within their own local communities. It's about teaching our people how to heal, heal. Most people can't even heal them fucking selves, bro. They can't even heal themselves. We're talking about teaching our people how to heal fucking generations of curses and bullshit and negative entities and spiritual warfare. Our people don't even know where the fuck to begin. So no, I'm not waiting around hoping that some fucking government will suddenly love me. You have to love yourself. Love your people yourself. Start that fucking investment group in your community today. Your brothers, today, get an escrow account. These words, a lot of words I've thrown around, people don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about, G. These are the problems. It all stems from fucking economics and it all stems from psychology. These are the two things that we need to break down. There's nobody saying, oh, you can't go uh, protest and march for a better system, sure. But stop expecting like, oh, three weeks from now, it's just going to happen. Three months from now, it's just going to happen. The government doesn't move that fast. It does. I mean, anything. It doesn't have to just be about race. 
it makes it worse that it's about race. But you can look at any of the bills, whether it's for the betterment of, our, of, of the all Americans or not. The minorities and the people of color and the, and the et cetera's and all this other shit. It takes more than, than just, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not this year. It might be in the year, but it's damn sure not in three months. So while you're still fighting that fight, that's good. But first up, like I said, who qualifies as an American descendant of slaves? Because like I, I know personally, like I said, I know my ancestry, not everybody does, but from since I'm the one doing a podcast to speak on it. When I said my Caribbean people raised me, those are my parents, that's my family, that's who I could that's my family, right? In Barbados, we have a big fucking statue in the middle of downtown of Busa fucking uh, getting his his freedom and liberation. Look into the sky with liberation with, with shackles on his um, wrist and on his ankles still. He still has the shackles on and it shows you breaking away. Haitians, the Haitian revolution, people have been getting privy to that lately. Jamaicans going up into the mountains and losing the fucking uh, colonizers and stuff like that. The reason why I bring this up is because the, the Caribbean, we don't hide the fact that there was slavery. There's no, oh, uh, we're just going to deny it and praise the um, the Confederate soldiers and all this other kind of fucking whatever, whatever. But the reason why I even bring them up is because they did have slavery there on that island and multiple islands in the Caribbean. But my American people did not. My American lineage, like I said, were some of the first settlers to come here as free black people and because we're i mean when you talk about the transatlantic slave trade which a lot of people refer to and they don't know that that's the specific one they're talking about because we can go back to black native americans here before they got sold off to europe who got sold off to spain who got sold off to africa that got then got sold back here to america in the 17th and 18th century the one that they talk about in the school books in the 17th and 18th century talking about the transatlantic slave trade, most of those individuals came from West Africa. And like my friend said today, his family, his direct people came from North Africa and were enslaved, right? But Africa's a big ass continent. Not all of us came from there, but we live here now, or, or we migrated here, or we were born here. I'm a natural born citizen. I'm a first generation American. So where do I fit in that? Do I go with, oh, my lineage that that was not a part of the slave trade? Or do I go with my lineage that was, but they came, the lineage that was came here in 1987, the lineage that wasn't came here in the 1800s. Somebody said you had to be here before 1965. Is there any clear direction of which one we should be associating with? And like I said, when we're talking about tribes of kings, you know what I'm saying? Some of us are direct lineages of kings and queens. And yes, I understand what the fuck it takes when you are a king. The same way you have people in power now in these countries, the way, same way you have dictators all over the world, you have people that are worse than Hitler that are never talked about. You have the people carrying out the genocide. You have children's sacrifices for your media for your hollywood for your whatever nobody likes to talk about those right so the same it happens all over the world 
nobody's saying that the kings were perfect. How the fuck do you rule a kingdom, right? Without lives being shed. Please tell, I, I have yet to see one. Except for maybe the, the um, there's a new there was a woman in 2015 that suddenly became a king of a country because her um, her she was the last known kin like her uncle or her grandfather died and she's in Africa you can look that up there's a, a, a woman king but she lived in Brooklyn before that she was an American before that she didn't I mean she had to go back there and lead a country but how many kings do you know or queens that you know run a country with no blood loss? Because even if you're trying to be peaceful, it's always a motherfucker trying to start a war. Even if you're trying to be peaceful, it's always somebody trying to conquer you. So I'm not saying that they're perfect. That's why earlier I said, work with your ancestors that do not have these negative entities attached to them. You don't know what the fuck bad traits they have. Make sure that you are, you set your intentions. But my overall question is then who qualifies and who does not? And a lot of the the the... People that you know run around saying, "Oh, we Adels and we're American descendants and all this type," they they often look down or try to say, "Well, you're foreign. You can't be a part of this." But it's like, well, if I don't know my my ancestry, which majority of us don't, how do I know which side I I fit in, or or how do I know, you know what I'm saying? Which whatever, you get the point that I'm getting at. A lot of them try to say, well, the foreign people did this to us and they do that and they have comfort at home. We don't have comfort at home. You know how many people are here as refugees, dog? How many people are here as refugees? How many people are here like that don't have wealthy families or that come from poorer countries? That's why they come here. The land of the free, the land of opportunity. That's what's been preached to them. Now, many people I know personally have gotten here or that I've spoken to, you know what I'm saying? I've spoken to that have gotten here and said, wow, this is not what I expected or this is not what um, was was preached or told to us. And many Americans are waking up to that fact now, which is why we're in this current climate that we're in now. A lot of people have seen, yo, we are are not, (laughs) this American dream they have preached is not um, what they said it would be many people have started to realize that fact. The American dream that was pitched with the white picket fence and the wife and the uh, two kids and the dog, that was something sold by the banking industry. Look it up. The banking industry. How else are you gonna convince a person to give you 30 years of of their life? Give me 30 years of your money. Give me $1,400 a month for the next 30 years of your life. Stay in the same place. Now, yeah, you ain't like that so much, right? How, the banks are the ones that sold that little image to you all. So, at the end of the day, whatever, whatever system, and again, it doesn't matter what system. I'm only saying the reason why I brought up, brought up the Pan-African Alliance so much or, the, or that movement specifically is because they are the only ones I have seen that have talked about the ancestral part of it, like the spiritual part of it. They've talked about the health part of it. They've talked about the wealth part of it. So the health part of it talking about stop fucking eating all this processed bullshit. Stop shopping at Walmart. Know how to fast. Drink water. 
MCT oil. I mean, all these things, supplements and things, right? They've talked about wealth, but it's not just wealth in like, yo, I'm going to get on it and fuck all you. It's wealth in, like I said, they've incorporated different ideologies from different African tribes. Talking about four, he gave you four different ways, even if you don't want to come from an African aspect, just come from a, a whatever aspect, a just investor, period. He's giving you four different ways to come together and showing you like, all right, let's start an investment group. All right, let's do this. All right, let's do that. Then, of course, is the education and the history. We know. But so many people get caught up on the history that they don't focus on now. They don't know how to fucking move forward now. Many people don't know how to move forward now. And I'm damn sure not going to sit up here and say, oh, I have the answer. Like I just told you, I know my weakness is organization. I will be your spokesman. I will have the firepower and the passion to keep the movement going if I support it. But I'm not about to, like Eric about to said yesterday, I'm not about to go follow a bunch of emotional motherfuckers nowhere. <laughs> Flat. I'll listen to your, uh, your, your proposition. I'll listen to your plan. But I'm not about to go follow some crazy ass, you know, person that's all in his feelings right now. She legit ass said that yesterday because she told our people to fall back. That doesn't mean fall down and go backwards. She meant fall back because this shit is too loud and the heat is on us. We are outgunned. We are outmanned. We are outgunned. Okay, meaning that the country, it literally, and then and then right after she tweeted that today, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? The the basically the war got declared on America and its own people. We're talking about martial law. We're talking about National Guard right there, right now. We're talking about SWAT and shit. Shooting people in the eyes, literally leaving people blind. Blowing off chunks of their forehead. The American people that supposedly have a right to freely protest. That's what we're talking about. Like, those individuals are being, being, uh, you know what I'm saying, bullied and tortured right now. So so if you're going to, you know... Like, like she said, fall back, meaning not fall back. Yeah, fall back, but not fall down, meaning move in silence. The heat is too strong right now. Regroup. Right now, we just all going out there in different directions, you know, protesting a million different things, but nobody has an end game. Nobody has an ask when it's all done. And if you ask for reparations, what does that look like? Don't give me $300 a month in my paycheck. When my people can't even handle a $1,000 refund, a $1,200 refund, they end up right back. Just like, and it's not just my people. I mean, look at the fucking lottery people. Anybody, you'll see that the majority of people that win the lottery go broke. They end up bankrupt or in debt. Go look it up. Statistics. And it's because if you have not had money and you suddenly accumulate it, you do not know what to do with it back to financial literacy and if you and if you give me 40 acres I don't how how the fuck am I gonna go take care of that are you giving me farm equipment too I hope so but have you taught me how to garden do people know how to actually grow food for sustainability I'm not just talking about a couple tomatoes and a cucumber in the backyard I'm talking about actual food for stability can you go supply a whole grocery store for your community or whatever? You know what I'm saying? So it goes deeper. It's about, yeah, we need group economics and we need psychology. To think that in this lifetime, in this incarnation, that we're going to undo 400 to 3,000 years of psychology 
for our people. That's a hope and a wish and a dream. And nobody's saying you can't try. I do hope that you educate people and, and people are starting to wake up. So it's not to dismiss it or to say like it can't happen. I'm just saying like, you gotta understand how embedded it is, especially in the DNA, which is why we talk about ancestral healing and, and all these different types of things like that. And the person that um, I was having this conversation with, I know that he knows about ancestral healing and all of that, but the vast majority of us were not raised that way. And if we're talking about the vast majority of us, especially descendants of slaves who still believe in Christianity, where the hell do they teach you that in Christianity? Because I have yet to see one of my family members or friends who are devout Christians talk about it. I have yet to see any of them focus on the cycle, stopping the cycles of abuse, abuse, violence, rape, obesity, all these different types of things that impact us strongly, that keep us sick. So, and this is not, oh, I'm bashing somebody's religion or this, that, and the third. I'm just saying it's not the belief system. It's what you're doing with the beliefs. So what are we doing tomorrow to help our people? What are you doing tomorrow to help our people? That is a question you should ask. You should know every afternoon what you're about to do. And if it's artwork, so be it. Let it be your art. Let it be your music. Let it be your podcast that's in its early stages. You might not have fans now. You'll have them later. Let it be your YouTube channel. Let it be if you want to go protest. Let it be however you know how to show up is the way that you should show up. Don't let anybody tell you, well, you need to be doing it this way. The only thing um, that needs, quote unquote, to be done is for us to have ownership, for us to have group group economics. The rest of it, I mean, the rest of it will fall in line. Hopefully it will fall in line. But if we start there, that will do the vast majority of the stuff that we need to do. And so... I'm going to uh, leave this podcast now. It is crazy long. I don't know how to talk for this long. Um, so yeah, I guess a total of four hours and a half talking. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, this shit is mad long. So I, I think I'll just break it up maybe into a part one, into a part two. I want to just leave it as a whole, but I don't know who's going to listen to a two-hour podcast. So um I'm going to go back and listen through and, and see what needs to be done. And, you know, if this helped you out, share it and help somebody else out. I hope that a lot of things discussed here today, you could see the actual um, underlying issues or the infrastructure behind them and understand that it's not just <clears throat> getting some type of payback or reward or whatever from another um you know, like from a government entity, but it's actually about right now, while we're in this system right now, what are we doing right now? You know what I'm saying? And yeah, fight for your cause and all that. <clears throat> but, um, you know, they're, they're not going to disband their um, system that keeps them rich. I, should, I mean, y'all know that. Y'all know that. I don't know why people are ignoring this fact. Like, if, if we just keep bashing capitalism, it'll suddenly um, disband. But 
what you can do is use that same system to your advantage. You can go on Shopify.com right now and start e-commerce, right? You, you can sell vanity mirrors are profitable. You can sell, you can buy some courses and understand what you're doing and learn how to make money and wealth. Excuse me, not just money. Like wealth is, is, is greater than being rich, right? But your wealth is your assets minus your liabilities, your net worth. Many people don't know what their liabilities are. Many of us don't have assets is the fucking problem. Ownership is the problem. So until we, we tackle that issue, I mean, where, 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 where is the end goal? What's your real direction? You know what I'm saying? And I think that I've, I've, like I said, I don't, I don't speak on opinions. I speak on facts, trends, statistics, patterns. I invite you all to do the same. You can research anything I've talked about today. Um, and I hope that, that I did it in a reasonable enough manner to make it very clear um, what would actually bring us success and what, you know what I'm saying, it is more so just um, a nice ideology. What sounds good on paper vice what is actually happening. And I'm not saying that like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not taking any side. I'm sitting here saying like, I'm asking the questions and I'm also giving you the facts. So I'm not taking a side and saying, like the only thing that I was defending you know, like full on is the is the Caribbean, you know, or was the ideology that not just him, but like a lot of the um, Eidos people have said about like foreign people and how we have comfort back home and all this type of shit. Um, you know, he, he spoke about Nigeria. You know, I've known I've had a couple of different best friends from Nigeria. I'm not going to say like they were super well off. They could have been. I don't know. You know, I'm not speaking about their experience. I'm speaking about direct experience from over 300 different Caribbean people uh, that, I, that I've met here in the States and that I've met back in Barbados, that I've met at family reunions, that I've met through online forums or the club or restaurants or wherever. You see what I'm saying from work? You know, when I used to work at the theater, like all kinds of shit like that. Um, that's what that's what I'm speaking on. That's who I'm speaking. That's the only thing I'm, you know what I'm saying, full on defending. And like I said, since doing my research, the Pan-African Alliance is the only one that I've seen talk about the underlying root issues. Here in the West, even in our healthcare system, you see that we love to treat the symptom. We love to treat the symptom. We don't treat the root cause focus in on root cause, understand the underlying issues, and then move forth from there. Have a good night, family.